0: Larry Short. Shover joins us from D. Alexander Capital. Larry, good morning to you. We've been good morning. focusing on some of the price activity this week, some of the fundamentals, how the rates are on the rise. We've been talking a lot about some of the foreign currencies, the weakness there, and haven't really dialed much into the U.S. dollar. Let's jump off there. This morning we're talking up and through the 112 handle, continuing this move that we've seen, and uh, the green back to levels we haven't seen since June of 2002.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely dramatic, and, and, and the higher it goes, the more dramatic it becomes. And we realize, as we say every single week, there continues to be a lot of positive risk premium built into the dollar, and more so now, especially given the refined uh, terminal projections by the Fed, uh, and there's 75 basis points left to hike in November, or at least priced in, so that's just going to continue avoid the dollar especially when you have the issues that we've seen in in Europe especially like this morning's Eurozone data is not terrible but not helping matters.
0: You know we really saw this uh, the impact the ripple effect and in multiple different areas right I mean uh, uh, many different rings in this ripple I guess one could uh, put it as we saw the indices for example I noticed multinationals the Dow started to come under pressure first this week the first of the four able to take out the July lows.
1: Yeah, it, and it does seem so orderly, as it yeah, were. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely capitulation, there's yeah. restrained liquidity, especially in the treasury market, which is driving a lot. We're seeing uh, real yields uh, pop their head a little bit and seeing break-evens compress. But so far, credit spreads are outperforming, which to me, uh, I'm sorry, credit itself is outperforming, which to me is is kind of confusing, but also comforting.
0: Larry, uh, you know, uh, orderly, but long in the tooth as well, right? These are trends that those that have been participating in and, uh, again, uh, you know, not getting shaken out of ultimately have benefited. Uh, from Talk to us a little bit about the yen, for example, the British pound, the euros. They've come off a little bit of a different situation. It's the fundamentals right now, it seems like mm. that's weighing on the euro and the pound in terms of some of the energy crisis and what they're dealing with as this war in Ukraine seems to be more drawn out, Russia adding troops this week. The yen, a completely different story. I mean, all three of those currencies, the pound, the euro, the yen weak, but the yen more a reflection of central bank activity rather, rather than the fundamentals, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Ministry of Finance had an opportunity of the decade, or maybe even multi-decades, and they didn't choose to take it. Now, they had the day off today, but over the last five days, the yen's up 100 and what, uh, one and a half, almost 1.5% with the intervention, and the first time they've done that since 1998, and the Bank of Japan kept rates unchanged and yield co- uh, curve control going against the grain of everyone, and it's worrisome, but uh, it doesn't seem like the market, the market seems to be taking that in stride looking at other currencies in the, you know, in the, on the continent of Europe, yeah, I mean, we have um, the pound really getting slammed, especially today when they're coming out with uh, all kinds of tax uh, plans and trying to uh, avoid the economy. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and the euro down about, what, 2% over the last five days, um, just being dragged down with everybody else.
0: Let's talk a little bit about uh, rates this week. We saw 10 year yields spiking. Uh, this was led by a big move up in the longer end last week, the 30 year. Uh, but also, again, when you're talking about the short end as well, participating in mean, mm. the two year up and through 4%, this is uh, across the curve.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is actually a repeat of mid-June. If you recall, update the SEP refined terminal policy. Uh, We saw a spike uh, in in 10-year yields. Actually, they spiked in mid-August. No, I'm sorry. I don't when they spiked, but they spiked at 3.5 and and then came back down to 2.5 by mid-August. The front end is still up, um, given terminals now at 4.6%. Um, you know, that said, we have to remember real yields are driving the move right now. And with 75 basis points coming up in November, we have to watch uh, real yields. And for context, right, overnight they're about 135. Back in 2018, there were 117. That was the funds rate at 2.5. So that said, as reals price higher, break evens will compress and then that will drag uh, 10. But in, in the whole process, there's going to be fear capitulation credit spreads the stock market at some point we'll see a a flight to quality but not seeing it yet
0: well that was my next question Uh, how bad do things need to get before that fear that capitulation kind of reverts back to the normal uh circumstances that you'd expect to see right gold for example has not been the recipient of a safe haven trade no. it seems to be mostly the u.s dollar but you can understand why right with rates on the rise yes. here to the extent they are i mean look at the tnx here if higher this week, and it looks like it's going to be uh tnx up uh eight weeks in a row here now to the upside i mean uh, but at some point, do we start to see treasuries regain that safe haven tendency if things get really bad? For per example, if we were to take out the June lows ultimately and, uh, uh, you know, start to see some disappointing economic data, what if labor conditions start to falter and the indices continue to spiral lower?
1: Yeah, um, all of those and things that you and I aren't even thinking of at some point. Yeah, I like that. even even Yeah, even as a value trade. I mean... Yeah. It has been um, surprising and confusing to see tens being, nominal yields being dragged up in the long end um, this week. But um, it'll find a it home. We'll, we'll definitely start seeing a bid at some point. And I continue to watch like real yields. And if they get anywhere close, to to one and a half and how which I don't think they will but if they do then I think that's going to be the, the flight to quality but anywhere between you know we have to watch the real yield to see how they react and what break evens do if they continue to compress will we see a flight to quality and how will, will we see wobbling or continued wobbling in other asset classes?
0: Larry, uh, looking back at the Fed comments from uh, Powell this week, what stood out to you most as far as? Uh, whether in the statement ultimately some of the revisions that we saw growth down, unemployment forecast higher, uh, or in the Q&A session in terms of some of those responses, uh, what what was really uh, highlighted for you? You know what was highlighted
1: was rem- was how remarkably in line it was with broader consensus. Like it was almost the most boring uh, mm-hmm. press conference and. Uh, Etc., that I've seen in a while, and the reaction was so close to what we saw in June, at least a couple of days after. So I think perhaps uh, reinforcing. Uh, the rate hike in November, that probably stood out to me more than anything else.
0: You know, I like that. The, the first question he was asked, as far as I remember, he basically said, look, nothing's changed in terms of my opinion or my stance since right. Jackson Hole. And that seemed to rally the market, right? Because we had had this big fear about CPI and the impact that would have on their position. But that statement sent the market up uh, up into that, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the ES. Let me just double check that level and pull the five-minute time frame. That high this week was up around uh, Uh, Thirty-nine twenty, yeah so again you can see initially we actually did rally and then sold off and a sell off to say the least here larry talk to us a little bit about uh uh, bitcoin right now because uh, we were talking gold earlier in the show the impact that higher rates has had uh, the dollar on some of these riskier assets and uh well also gold much to our point a minute ago not really benefiting from uh that treasury safe haven trade that you Mm -hmm. traditionally see Uh, as investors move from some of those riskier assets like stocks. Uh, But Bitcoin is one of those riskier assets. So it's kind of getting a little bit of a double whammy here right now. I mean, you've got strength in the dollar, rates to the upside, and investors just uh, not willing to hold cryptos, it looks like.
1: Yeah, and it's something I've said before, it might be confusing to some, but like, you know, Bitcoin or, or any asset, you know, the lower it goes after having a making a huge high, the lower it goes, the the, the heavier or more expensive it is to hold. People are so worried about it with mean, lack of liquidity, there's capitulation, there's a lot of like interday day trading in it and um I think the lack of liquidity, the fact that it's more of a financial conditions index or, or whatever, or mm-hmm. currency or whatever you want to call it, um, it lends itself to what we're seeing today. It's just gotten walloped, um, at least on the pre-opening here. And I think, again, it's just it's being driven by lack of liquidity and a lot of day trading.
0: And tough for the bulls to stir it up when you've got uh, comments from Jamie Dimon uh, basically poo-pooing on, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bitcoin, I think it was specifically, but ultimately uh, crypto in general. Larry, talk to us a little bit about uh, what we could see as far as uh, next week in terms of uh, some of the focal points. Again, you mentioned, uh, uh, again, uh, you know, what's playing out here and how investors and traders are a little bit uneasy. I guess I'm wondering is uh, will we get any relief in terms of some of the data and some of the explanations? Uh, any Fed speakers next week to keep an eye on?
1: Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, we have 10, I think 10 Fed speakers next week. Right. So um, we have yeah yeah and i think you know monday chicago and dallas uh, fed reports very important because it's recent updated we have uh, richmond on tuesday um new home sales as well and as we know the real estate market really matters right now it's a pillar of our economy um mortgage apps wednesday jobless claims gdp on thursday then personal income and university of michigan on friday it's a busy week next week
0: larry shover i always appreciate you joining us here Uh, a couple Uh, topics to keep an eye on this week as we head into the end of the week and next week as we head into the end of the quarter as well. Larry Shover from D. Alexander Capital, where he's the chief investment officer.